Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the What Podcast, where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I'm Tara, Tara, and Cassidy is not with me this week. She is off celebrating a birthday. She has a wedding in her family. She has much more excitement going on in her life. So it's just me today, but I do have a guest. Um, I want to introduce to you somebody that uh, I met actually at Summer League watching uh, a game. We sat for about a half a game together, and I asked her to come on and tell me a little bit more about herself. So she is Melisa Hernandez. She's a freelance event planner and media correspondent who's worked for the Canadian Youth Basketball League. As well, she's also she also covered the 2019 NBA All-Star Game and the 2019 NBA Finals for Afriland Ent. Melissa, welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Tara. I um, am looking, been looking forward to talking to you ever since we sat together for that game. I think it was a game where um, one of Portland's former uh, fa- fan favorites, Thomas Robinson, was on the court, and uh, he's been around the league for a really long time. I think he's yeah. a six-year player, and he was out there playing for, I think, San Antonio, and mm-hmm. it, was, it was fun to watch that. But So Cassie and I usually start off our uh, podcast with an icebreaker, and so I thought you're Canadian, you're from mm-hmm. Canada, so mm-hmm. I thought for our icebreaker tonight, I would say, who is your favorite Canadian basketball player? I'm going to go with... Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reason one. being, yeah, I know he's uh, a player that I've watched also growing up. Um, he really trailblazed for for Canadians, I would say, and and he made his mark. But he's also one to give back on and off the court, which I, I love to see. And yeah, Steve Nash. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he was he was definitely the first person who popped in my mind. Yes. And um, like, you know, like you said, such a great ambassador, although I'm a little mad at him because a few years ago when they were retiring his number in Phoenix, it was at a game that the Blazers were playing Phoenix and uh-huh. his halftime speech went on for like a half an hour. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my gosh, Steve Nash. OK, like you were so great and you contributed so much. But can you please stop talking? Stop so <laughs> Game. Were you actually at the game? When no, the no, okay. I was watching it on TV. <laughs> but it was uh, lengthy. <laughs> yes, it went on for a really long time. It was a pretty funny speech, too, because he, yeah. he started it off by, I think, saying that, like, somebody had handed him three drinks, and so he was just going to go until they pulled him off the stage. Yeah. It's like, oh, gosh. But, yeah, fant- like, such a such an amazing player. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with someone who was a recent – Portland Trailblazer, and that is Nick Stauskas. Okay. Just because, you know, yeah. <laughs> Nick, he's not Portland. playing in the league this year. He, mm-hmm. I think he signed in Spain, so good for him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he had a short and pretty fun run in Portland while he was here. So I just don't want to forget that he was here. No, that's that's important. So good choice. I, mean, I, I was also <laughs> going to go with um, James Naismith, you know, the inventor of basketball. Mm-hmm. Cause I figured yeah. at some point he probably played the game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. Anyway, um, I would like, uh, if you could just to start off and talk about, um, you know, introduce yourself and tell us about how you got into basketball and why it's important to you. Yeah. So as you mentioned, I'm Melissa Hernandez and I freelance in, uh, as a media correspondent. Um, you know, I started off playing the game obviously and that was during grade school I didn't pursue it only reason being was I 
thought it wasn't good enough. And I felt that there was more to the game than there was just playing it for me personally. Um, and just to touch more on that back in the day. And when I was in high school, I would always be carrying a digital camera around just because it was at the time, uh, something that I, I had and I loved to capture moments. And I remember specifically every basketball game, whether it be men's girls, whatever was happening after school, I would be there recording. Um, and then I would go home and post the clips on Facebook as well as on, on YouTube. And until one day someone was like, Oh, you should make a compilation and make it kind of like a mixtape. And I'm like, you know, you're right. Sure. Let me do that. So, um, I just continued doing that every, at every game that I had gone to. I was actually the team manager for the men's basketball team of my high school as well. Um, so it was perfect, you know, double whammy. I would be recording my content, but I would also be there managing the team, uh, their water girl, as well as with my, my two other uh, team managers that was with us. And um, I was also, I was just very involved in my high school, I would say. So I would be scorekeeping games if I wasn't managing. I would be um, helping out with any of the events that was happening. Uh, at our school and uh, I was really intrigued and I really wanted to grow the game and be part of it even more just because of how exciting it was to be in the atmosphere and so from there uh, a friend of mine had asked me to score keep a basketball tournament and um, I was like okay like let me go check it out and it was just for a youth organization at the time um, and so we we're there scorekeeping and I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I'm, I'm always willing to, to help out and get myself more involved in the city and, and the community. So I'd reached out to the event organizer, uh, organizer at the time. And I'd asked him, I'm like, hey, if there's anything else you guys need help with in the future, please let me know. And he's like, yeah, we could definitely use some help. Um, and from there, I was doing a ton, ton of admin work. So tryout registrations, I would be the girl at the desk getting names and signing waivers or getting parents to sign waivers. Um, I was doing a ton of that's where most of the event planning started off. I helped, um, what's it called, plan a awards gala that happened back in 2015 uh, for our athletes. And a lot of the things that I was doing was behind the scenes, but I, did, I enjoyed it. And it's something that I, I knew I had a good niche on. Um, but then it wasn't until I would say maybe six, seven years ago where I was like, okay, social media is starting to get in the game. And I'm very interested in this, but I also like doing it considering all the camera work that I've been doing in the past. So, you know what, let me help these guys build their platform. So I was helping a, a one youth, or, youth organization with their media platform on Twitter specifically to start. And uh, Instagram started coming in. So I'm like, okay, let's incorporate Instagram too. Um, and from there, that same uh, year, it was 2016, I decided to start traveling with the, the teams and managing the AAU teams. So um, we would be, you know, in the States and I was capturing not only video camera uh, photos and and social media content, I was like, you know what, let me step in front of the camera at this time. Um, a reason being, I, I really wanted to converse and get background stories and, and more out of, you know, players and coaches and those that are involved in, in the organization get more exposure to them as opposed to just having a, a solid photo or a solid video of them going up for a layup or a shot. I really wanted to capture more. So I was like, okay, a great way to segue that would be me stepping in front of the camera, um, gaining that, that traction by, you know, getting that conversation with them. And so back in 2016, um, the team that I was managing as well as helping with their media was Canada Elite. It is still a top AAU program in Toronto, which is awesome. And the, one of the players' uh, name was Nikhil Alexander-Walker. 
And he was one of the first players that I had interviewed at the time. This was about three years ago. Um, and he actually was uh, drafted into the NBA this year. So great accomplishment there. And um, from there, from that time, I was like, you know what? This is something that I do enjoy. It's great to see the progress that comes out of it. And I, I decided to continue, um, you know, freelancing. And I was helping out the Canadian Youth Basketball League. So those are most of the same guys that ran the program for Canada Elite. Um, we have a good relationship. So they asked me to come on board and help them out. So I was their team, their uh, media manager for about maybe four years. And from there, I was, um, you know, doing everything from social media. I was creating all the videos, the graphic images, photography. I was interviewing players. I was on site every weekend. It was a lot of work, but definitely rewarding at the end of it because I got to meet a ton of people, got to know parents, got to know players, got to know everybody in the basketball community. It was very, uh, such a humbling experience because it's like, yes, I'm, I'm busting my butt and, you know, feeling overworked every weekend, but it was also a very re rewarding experience. Um, and so last year, so 2018, I decided uh, I really needed to take a break and focus on myself because... I had just graduated from my undergrad at uh, Ryerson University in 2017. And funny enough, I did not take anything that had to do with sport media. <laughs> I have a Bachelor of Arts degree in Arts and Contemporary Studies and a minor in HR because I was going to get into teaching. But um, yeah, so 2018, I was like trying to figure myself out. You know, I got into a little bit of a rut. Uh, I am going to touch on it briefly. Like, you know, my mental health wasn't fully... Uh, where I wanted it to be. And I knew I needed to take a step back and really focus on what it is that I needed to do to, to recover and, and realize like there's more to it than just like overworking myself and burning myself out. So all of last year was kind of that discovery period where I was like, is this for me anymore? Is this something that I want to continue to do? You know, it's been eight years just doing all these and all this work was mainly volunteer. Um, and so it's like, is it something that I want to continue doing? Is it something that I want to keep on my plate with my day job, with everything that's going on. How am I going to continue to build? I knew deep down it was, but how am I going to elevate that, right? So uh, at the end of the, the year, I was asked to be the volunteer manager for a tournament at the end of the year. And I was like, sure, you know what? This is something that I love to do and I'm going to continue to involve myself with it. So let's do it. Did it and great feedback. I, I love to interact with again with our community but also be able to lead a team. And I was able to lead uh, teen volunteers who were, you know, their first time volunteering. And it, it reminded me of myself. And I was like, wow, like I used to be that one that had to run around and score keep and was uh, asked to help run events and tournaments like this. And this time I was leading them and I was their team uh, manager. So after that, in that moment, uh, it was a new year, 2019. And I was like, OK, so what are we doing now? I was luckily, you know, uh, given the opportunity to cover the NBA All-Star this year. And at first I was very hesitant. And I'm going to speak on this because I was unsure. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if it was for me still. And because of my slight break in 2018, I was like, okay, is this something that I want to continue to do? Yes, it is. Am I, am I confident in myself? No, but we're going to go with it anyway, because clearly I'm here for a reason or I was asked to do this for a reason. So let's do it. Um, and then that took me to this year and here I am and 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have so I mean, many follow-up questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I figured, I'm like, wow, I'm going on a full-on tangent. Sorry, but <laughs> let's have Tara ask all the questions and talk more. <laughs> oh, no, you have lot, lots to talk about. And you, you, yeah. you touched on something that I hadn't even thought about really talking about. Uh-huh. But you talked about, like, the administration of AAU teams mm-hmm. and, you know, being the person at the desk when the parents check in and, like, all yeah. of the million things. And it's just... It, I don't really know what question I have to ask about it, except to say that it kind of blows my mind how important all of that work is and how little recognition it gets and how little yes. I've ever given to it. Yes. It's uh, people don't realize the background or, you know, don't give as, as much appreciation to it. Yeah. I mean, that's really like the heart and soul of basketball development for all these players who we now watch and appreciate in the NBA now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, not everybody makes it through. It's really cool that you, you know, talk to one player who ended up, you know, going all the way through and getting drafted. But so for exciting. every yeah. one of him, like how many guys did you talk to, you know, who maybe went on and played in college and had a really yeah. good college career or, you mm-hmm. know, it's just it kind of blows my mind, like how big the system is and how much behind the scenes work it must be. So like what kinds of things, you know, go into, you know, putting on a tournament that we might not think about, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to really think about um, how are you going to present the tournament? Is it event-like or is it just going to be play on play with teams? Okay, sure it is. But there's the background uh, sense where, okay, we need referees. We also need scorekeepers, so volunteers preferably. Um, and then you're also going to need, you know, the the venue. So venues take a, a while to set up or, you know, you got to book ahead of time or else that's not going to be feasible for them or for yourself. Um, and in addition to that, you have to make sure that you've got the, the people on site all day. Um, you're working hours on end, right? So it's never a thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to be here for two hours and then I'm going to leave. No, it's like if you're committed to this as an event organizer and planner, you have to be there at all times. First one in, last one out. Exactly. <laughs> and especially with like this tournament in particular, it was like a three-day tournament. So if you're there the whole weekend. You got to take some time off, but it's uh, it's a go, go, go experience. And people aren't aware sometimes of the amount of work that goes into it. And it's not in addition to that, you know, there's the, the pre-planning. So it's like, when is it going to be? Who are we going to get? What age group are we going to do? Um, you know, like who, what, how, who's going to make the, the registration forms? Who's going to make the, the score sheets, et cetera. There's, there's a lot Just to it. All and, those things. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned um, scorekeeping, which immediately mm-hmm. just like made my stomach clench because <laughs> like a scorekeeping just seems so hard. And then in like a, an AAU atmosphere where it's like fiercely competitive. I mean, my mm-hmm. kids didn't play AAU. They played like club soccer and like that was, you know, pretty mild probably compared to how intense um, things can get. Uh, like what was just, what was like the atmosphere like? The atmosphere was, uh, well, firstly, when I was scorekeeping, I was more so doing it during um, like high school tournaments, but very intimidating still only because, yeah. you know, everyone's serious about the game and who wouldn't be. Um, I I mastered, I would say at the time <laughs> to do both the sheet and both the clock at once. And I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And you get the groove and as well as the, uh, sorry, the scoreboard. So um, 
afterwards, you know, you're like, okay, maybe I do need a partner just because it is getting a little intense. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, uh, very intimidating at first, but then you get it through groove and you realize you're like, okay, this is, this is doable, but you also got to pay close attention. Cause if you mess up, obviously the crowd is not gonna be pleased. The player is not gonna be pleased. It's not going to be a good look. So really, really important to pay attention during scorekeeping. Um, and then just AAU. Wow. Like, getting out into a gym that has all all those athletes playing their hearts out trying to get recognized and and really just like the atmosphere itself is just so much good basketball to watch and um you'll it's just a it's an interesting experience i actually haven't been to a ncaa game yet and i see it on tv and i'm like i, I want to compare it to it because i'm like wow this is very similar mm-hmm. but i wouldn't know Ex- not yet at least <laughs> um right. but uh yeah AU's the atmosphere is is wild well, you know, we just saw videos of LeBron, you know, kind of having fun being in the layup line and dunking and, you know, being all active. Did you do you recall any, you know, famous Canadian AAU parents <laughs> coming in and drawing attention? Did that ever happen in any of the tournaments that you put were in? No, mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't. Uh, not from what I the recall. The focus was just really on the kids. <laughs> it was, yes. <laughs> Which time. is probably yeah. how it should be. Yes. Okay. But uh, I do commend uh, LeBron for that. I love his support for his, his family. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, it's really cool just to watch uh, LeBron and Dwayne Wade and, you know, all those guys who are dads just be dads. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember right after... Uh, I think it was when Cleveland – oh, my gosh. It was Cleveland – Cleveland won. They had Richard Jefferson when they won, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think it was right after Cleveland won um, and Richard Jefferson was still doing – was doing the um, the podcast with Channing Fry, And just like a couple of days after the, the um, NBA finals were over and, you know, the whole thing was done – they recorded a podcast together and it was so funny because they all talked it was it was Richard and Channing and LeBron was on and they yeah. all talked about how they walked in the door and all their wives like handed them their kids and were like your dad's now <laughs> your turn yeah <laughs> they had just been like so looking forward to like having a little bit of a break and the mm-hmm. kids were looking forward to seeing their dads and the dads were like looking forward to seeing their kids but like what a huge they talked about like the adjustment from going yeah. from like being with your around your teammates <laughs> all the time to suddenly like Channing Fry was talking about playing um like cards with his two year old like for <laughs> hours on end because that's all she wanted to do. Yeah, aw. I just thought that was funny. Like, yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to that one. That, yeah, that was it, was, it was it was great. Okay, so did you have a favorite team growing up? Were 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 you a Raptors fan when when they came? Yeah, no, I, so Raptors is definitely one of my favorite teams. Um, but I was also a huge fan of the Lakers cause I am a huge Kobe Bryant fan as well. Sorry, I keep stuttering. Um, but, uh, yeah, Lakers, Golden State and Toronto. Yeah. Those are my, those are my three top teams. Yeah. Well, you've had a, a between <laughs> Golden State and the Raptors anyway, you've had a pretty good run lately. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say. Well, so, you know, you you gave us your background about like kind of how you got to where you are today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're talking to you at what I hope is the beginning of, you know, a long and fruitful career. I hope so, too. <laughs> but I know it is not easy 
breaking in and, you know, trying to make relationships and build up relationships and, you know, uh, create reels and things that you can do. What are some of the things that you like have in mind that you need to do or will be doing in the coming years to, you know, try to get your foot in the door and keep your place? Mm -hmm. It's, it's really a lot of work. And what people don't realize is, Media, yeah, it might seem all glamorous. You're you're here around players, you're around like the community, and and you're at all the games. But there's a lot of work that goes behind it. I I myself, I I was able to teach myself how to do photo. I was teach my, myself how to do video and edit, as well as learn how to strategize and um, you know social media marketing and all that stuff comes into play. And a lot of it was like self taught, but being able to watch others do their part as well by being involved in the the community and the experiences. So um, just to touch on that as well, I, as I mentioned, I decided to step in front of camera a few years ago and I felt I couldn't have gotten the confidence to do that without having spoken to certain people or being able to watch certain people do what they do. And um, in particular, when I was actually at an AAU game, I connected with one of the, the girls that I had seen. Um, she was like on camera as well, or just, doing her own thing with her tripod and her own camera. And I was like, Hey, maybe I'll, I'll ask her a few questions and, and really get to know like what this is going to be like for me. Um, and I think a huge part of what goes into it is one learning how to do it two, like making the connections with those who are already in the industry and three, actually putting yourself out there. And to do that, it, like you mentioned, you know, I got to create my reel. And in order to have a reel, I got to have content. How am I going to get content? I got to go to a game. I got to go to an event or whatever it, it is and really find my way and build it upon myself. Because all the content that I have, I've created on my own because I had I invested in my own equipment. So that's another thing and making investments in yourself. Um, you, I'm not, I w- there wouldn't be a time where I'm just like, hey, for my birthday, could you buy me a $200 microphone? Not many people <laughs> would, would agree to that, or if they would, very nice of them. Um, but then also, like, you got to be really realistic with yourself. And if this is something that you want to do, you got to put your own time and money into it, right? So um, a huge, huge part of it is is learning that everything that you're going to do to get to where you want to be, and in this sense of, of media, uh, you got to put your money and your time into it. And I think back to myself as well. And I'm like, wow, back in 2017, I spent like how many $800 to go go to New York just to watch the Jordan brand classic and support um, a few of the players that I had known, but also get into the game and see who, who, uh, who's out there. Right. And uh, going over to AU tournaments and going to other events and community events that happen in our city, like getting out there is, is a huge thing. And, Without it, I, I wouldn't be where I am now. So I imagine, you know, um, you probably, I mean, everybody brings something unique to, you know, to the to the reporting or to the media or whatever. Um, what is it that you, you know, w- that you bring that, um, you know, uh, you hope makes you stand out? I would say um, I how do I word it? <laughs> um, I like to have a genuine personal uh, positive relationship, I guess you can say with with those that I interact with. And I think that um, I just when I'm interacting with somebody, I, I'm genuinely just trying to get to know you or 
uh, wanting to cover a story that not many people may know. And what makes me stand out is that this is me. Like, I, I'm like this with everybody I meet. I'm like this with, you know, whoever may come across. And with, like, you, my, yourself and I, Tara, like, when we had met, I was just like, hey, what are you here for? You're here for this? Cool, cool. And we genuinely had a conversation, and here we are now, right? So I think what sets me apart is that I'm able to not only get to know somebody on a personal level through my genuine uh, attributes, but I'm also able to want to make you shine and make you a better version of yourself as well. So that makes sense. Yeah, right <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's that. That's awesome. Um, you talked a little bit about, you know, having to take a break for a while because, um, you know, your mental health and you needed to kind of take a step back. What was what what compelled you to eventually get back to it and and decide that you wanted to keep moving forward? I would say it was it was the community and my supporters um, that knew what I was about and what I'm capable of doing. I it was it was hard because I couldn't ever voice what I was going through because I didn't know how it would come off or I never really wanted anyone to know what I was going through at the time. You know, when you're in that mode and and in that time of space in your mind you don't know how to kind of control it so I think when whenever I got someone telling me that they I inspired them or they see that the work that I'm putting in and it really makes them want to be uh, a better person as well that's what got me going I whenever get messages that were like wow if we weren't for you know you doing this or letting me know how much potential I had then I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now um and so there's this this hashtag that I started back, I think it was like 2015 or a few years ago, hashtag Melisa Monday. So it's, it started only because, um, Monday was, a a start of the week where people thought it was, or consider it as like, uh, it's mm-hmm. the, it's the beginning of the yeah, work week. We I don't Mondays want it. Like. Right. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, let's make Melisa Monday a positive and productive one. People will, will know it for what it is. And eventually like I can bring more light into people's lives and I felt like I did and so everyone was like or a few people would be like oh my gosh I look forward to your Melissa Monday quotes or your posts and and this and that and um thank you for that or anything that had to do with someone feeling better off of a piece of work or something that I had contributed for them was always a a good feeling for me and I was like okay you know what I do have a purpose in life I can I can you know get to where I want to be even if it's just to make someone happy from something small that I do. So clearly I have a purpose. I want to continue pursuing that and, and find a way. And with, you know, the universe and God willing, it has, fallen into place for the most part as they begin this journey but yeah that's you know, that, that's a cool way you know because you know I write for a blog and I do a, a podcast and I we I get caught up in and I think a lot of us do we get caught up in content like you got to make got to make the content you got to mm-hmm. you know, put something out and it's real hard to do it you know without if if you don't think about that it might affect somebody yeah. Right. That it might, you know, it might inspire somebody. It might make somebody interested in something they hadn't thought about before. It might make people think about things in a different way. Um, but that's a, that's a, I really like how you brought that up. Cause it's like, yeah, when you're kind mm-hmm. of feel like you're getting in a rut or you're stuck, you can think about why am I doing this? Like who, who am I trying to inspire or, um, you know, what thoughts am I, um, am I sharing that I want to spark thoughts in others? 
Exactly. Very cool. Yeah. Well, let's, I want to talk about the NBA all-star game. So tell me about that experience. It was wild. It was nice to be out there. It was my first NBA experience to to begin. Um, But being able to see everybody up close and see how, you know, there's a ton of media outlets there as well. And I got to learn a lot from a a ton of people that I met there too. And um, it's, it's crazy to see how fun uh, an association can be. And it's not just all about winning all the time. It's about having fun. It's about all, there was a lot of NBA cares events as well. And seeing them be involved in the community during that time period was fun too. Um, But yeah, no, I, I definitely enjoyed my experience. I interviewed a few athletes, but I was also there to just really take in the experience and, and see what else there is behind the scenes, I guess you can say, during uh, the NBA All-Star Weekend. Um, and it was, it was literally, yeah, just a ton of fun. <laughs> so that was in, that was the one in Charlotte. That's correct? correct. Yeah. And you were covering it for, uh, an, an African outlet. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. And so like when <laughs> so, you were, when you were reporting about it or telling that, was there anything that you like, uh, you know, tried to keep in mind for an audience that's like very, you know, might be different from your at home Toronto, you know, folks or anything like that? Yeah, somewhat. And um, I really obviously I wanted to focus on the the African community. And so talking to, you know, Josh Okoji, he's from he was the only one on the world team representing Nigeria. So th- that was one thing that I wanted to definitely capture. But I also wanted to give um, the audience a look at what else is going on. So yes and no, where it's like, yes, some some of the content was catered towards uh, the African community, but it's also towards what else is there and what else can I showcase? So what were some of your favorite, like yeah. non big ticket things that happened that you got to see? Uh, um, oh, I, we were at, uh, there was like a, a pop-up, I forgot the name of it now, <laughs> Oops, but it was a Nike pop-up and, uh, Paul George and Russell Westbrook did a, a panel, uh, Q and a, and afterwards, they were just helping kids design shoes or they were like coloring. And it was nice to see that happen outside of the, you know, game time and stuff. So that was nice. Um, what else? There was like the food bank and um, seeing the athletes there giving back as well. Uh, that was fun. But yeah, lots of <laughs> I'm like trying to remember. There's so many things happening. <laughs> but <laughs> Paul George and Russell Westbrook. My, how times change. Yes. <laughs> right. We can, we can talk about See that in a minute. <laughs> can do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, for so for the same outlet, you also got to cover the finals in Toronto. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So like, what was that like? Like one of my questions is like, what was the media like how many media members were there like did you like have a place to stand on the floor I mean like how did you how did what was that like it was surreal it was okay so I again it was my second um NBA experience um covering covering an NBA event but it was like whoa everyone's here you know tunnel vision focused um you better not get in anyone's camera way or else like you know like we you got to really just be be on your on your p's and q's when you're out there and um yeah there's the from what i remember the entire sideline baseline was covered with media outlets you've got reporters doing their thing you've got the camera women and men um holding up the lights and and adjusting their their cables whatever have you and it was packed and 
I would have to like squeeze in. I'm like, oh, just trying to get this one shot, you know, do my thing there. Um, and then when it came to the the press conference room, I'm just like, okay, I got to find my seat because if I don't get my seat, I'm going to be stuck behind and I won't be able to ask a question or they won't be able to see me. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting to see how everybody really needed to get their content, obviously. And I wanted to cover it and have the best, you know, results at the end of the day. So we were all on our, doing our thing. Everyone was very focused, but it was exciting. It was, it was a good experience. I just I I can't imagine that like how high profile and like what was just you know aside from the media aspect of it what was the um you know the feeling in in the arena I mean people in Toronto and like kind of extend that as somebody you know who's from Toronto yeah. and a fan of the Raptors for a long time what was it like in Toronto So for the past like 5 6 years I've been attending games whether it be purchasing my own as like 10 mini pack tickets or half season games or uh, going to, to other games with friends and stuff. Um, atmosphere was, is always lively in there and it's great to see how Toronto fans and, and Canadian fans as a whole come together just for the Toronto Raptors. But wow, the atmosphere during the NBA finals was a totally different story. You couldn't hear, you can't even hear the person talking beside you because of how loud it was whenever they would cheer or whenever people were talking um, you know, seats are packed, everyone's there cheering for, for the team. And it's something that you're, I wasn't used to. And I was like, Whoa, this is actually happening here right now. And I'm part of this. And I'm, I don't know how to feel because like, well, I'm not even really allowed to cheer because I'm, <laughs> I'm working. So it was, uh, it was very interesting. Um, and, and at some point I was like, Oh wait, I don't even know what happened. Cause I would have to be looking down, trying to craft questions or write down some plays that had just happened and really focus on my work. And I'm just like, Oh, what are we yelling about now? So mm-hmm. it's a, uh, it was, it was a really cool experience and I'm, I'm glad that I w- had the opportunity to be there. So. Were you at the game when uh, Kevin Durant went down? I was. Yeah. So what was that like? Because I mean, we got one view of it, which was, you know, that, that some fans were cheering, then the players very quickly reacted. Um, and like, just what was that whole thing? Like, not like, you know, were people, you know, cheering or booing or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. but like, um, I, I, you know, fans kind of take on like a a group personality and, Mm -hmm. you know, like at the end of the night, what was like the feeling among the fans after having watched that? Well, seeing, first of all, like when it actually happened and he went down and I heard the crowd, I was like, I'm not sure if I just heard this correctly because yeah. it did get pretty loud and, and volumes raised. But afterwards, I started seeing as he, he was being escorted out or uh, walked out, uh, people were cheering for him or like, you know, clapping it out and not um, actually cheering for the fact that he's injured, but giving him support, which I'd seen and for what I know. Um, but uh afterwards like it seemed well one we didn't win that game so (laughs) people were disappointed but people didn't mean to react in that way for the most part from what I had seen um and after the fact too seeing all the the images and the clips and seeing that okay yeah they were cheering to start not knowing what had happened Mm -hmm. but then after the fact realizing what had happened they're like okay no we're here to support him we're not actually trying to bash him for what had just happened so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I, I, I've been in the arena. I've never been in like an arena where a visiting player 
went down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but sometimes you don't know what's happening. Like yeah, when I Wesley mean, Matthews went down, he was a beloved trailblazer. Like he was just so, so popular and he ruptured his Achilles and he fell down and he stayed on the ground. And, you know, he was known for being like uber ultra, super duper duper tough. And when that was going on, I was like, oh, he's fine. He's fine. He just needs to get up, you know, yeah. because I was just like, I couldn't believe <laughs> that Wesley Matthews was injured. Yeah. And then once I realized he wasn't going to get up. But yeah, my initial reaction was like, come on, Wes, get up. What's the matter with mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. You know, because I just I didn't know what was going on. And then I, I felt horrible. But, you know, that's, yeah, that was, and that I, th- I think it's, that's what was going on from, yeah, from everybody in, in the crowd. And like you said, it's it's a group kind of reaction as opposed to one, because when one person sees it and they're also like, get up, what's going on? And then you're like, Oh wait. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like you take a step back and you're like, Oh, actually, never mind. He's, yeah. he's down. So yeah, that's not good. Well, yeah. so how, what's the feeling like in uh, Toronto now? Wow. You know, so I made his decision. <laughs> you have your uh, championship. Yes. It's a bittersweet moment. I guess you can call it. Um, no, there was a ton, a ton of like positivity, love and hype ever, even after the parade and, uh, during obviously, but it was great to, to be a part of the city and, uh, be there for the moment when this all happened. It's obviously the first time it happened. And I heard that Canadians flew out from across the, the provinces to come over to Toronto for the parade as well. Like it was such an, a crazy feeling to be involved in as well as around everybody who has supported them, bandwagoner, fan or not, like everybody came together. I think that was the, the exciting part. It was a, a whole city, not not only a whole city, sorry, a whole country coming as one over, you know, an entire championship that ha- had happened. And uh, once there was a lot, a lot of talk. I mean, everybody saw the hashtag Kawhi watch when everyone was deciding, oh, is, is, is Kawhi going to stay? Is he not? You know, there's a lot of talk about that. And, um, once the decision was made, I had a few people that I'd heard were disappointed and I had a few that were like, you know what, he did what he had to do for us. He moved on and now he's, he's going to do his thing out there as well. And so it's, and in my personal opinion too, like, I agree. I feel like, you know, Kawhi came and, and did what he had to do for Toronto. We, they got a championship. Um, and now he's, he's going to move on and do what he has to do for his career and, and play the game that he loves in the best way he can, right? So, yeah, it's a bittersweet feeling here in Toronto. <laughs> so it's a totally different team than, like, you know, 18 months ago. Like, before yeah. <laughs> they got Kawhi and they traded DeMar DeRozan. You know, yep. totally different situation right now. So, you know, what are what are people saying um, about the future? And what do you think, you know, this year looks like for the Raptors? A lot of people are being very pessimistic right now. Um, I myself, I'm, I've always had hope for these, for the Raptors in general, um, ever since before we started making playoffs. Like, I feel like there's always a sense of hope whenever it comes to new players, because you never know, like the different lineups, different players can contribute something that you wouldn't have thought, or, you know, the chemistry on the, on the court could be a lot different with different players that are on board now compared to how they were previously. Right. And yeah, we might be missing Kawhi. Yeah. We might be missing Danny Green. There, there are players that are missing that we definitely had during the, um, the, the playoff run in the finals, but at the end of it, it's okay. How are we going to continue to build with the players that we've got who have been pivotal points to, to winning the championship, for example, you know, Siakam, for example. Um, and, 
there, like I said, a lot of people are like, yeah, we're not going to make it or no, this is the last time we're going to be in the champion. You'll never know. And I think like, in my opinion, there's always, if there's a will, there's a way. And yes, it's going to be crazy because of all the, the trade, the free agency uh, decisions that were made throughout the summer. But I personally think that you don't know until you see what happens right. or you see that you still them all play, play together. Game. Exactly. And so we'll wait and see until the season starts. And from there, we can start to form more of an opinion. But at this point, I'm still hopeful. And I think that uh, they'll be okay. <laughs> what um, um, other uh, NBA storylines are you really looking forward to watching develop next season? Definitely the Lakers. Like as I, I mentioned previously, uh, they were they're one of my favorite teams, and I kind of not fell out of the the following just because Kobe was out of out of the, um, the NBA. But uh, I did kind of like steer away, and then I was like, oh wait, this is what's happening now. We've we've not only got you know LeBron, Kuzma, we've got <laughs> everybody on there now. Boogie, Rondo, everybody. Like you know, it's a uh, it's going to be an interesting team name. to be, yes, uh, right? And a very interesting team to watch. Um, I really want to see how that turns out. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, Clippers, of course, Brooklyn Nets, you got Kyrie, KD now. Like, it's going to be crazy. There's a huge shift that I've, I've seen throughout this free agency, and I'm, I'm very excited to watch the season and hopefully cover it as well. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be neat to have a – to go into a season and not just like pencil the warriors in. Yeah. You know, I mean, we had to, we had to pencil him in because Every, like there was yeah. a possibility you could erase him, but they were probably in there. So mm -hmm. like you could just, you know, that's just, they were just inevitable. And um, I mean, I'm not totally ready to, to write him off yet. Mm -hmm. We still have, you know, well, Steph, Steph and Draymond, they don't have clay, but they, you know, they still, they still have a real nice, you know, Yeah, they've got a solid. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, exciting that, like, the their their grip has been loosened yes. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. It's yeah. true. So we'll have to wait and see, but I am I'm excited. And I agree with the Warriors uh, storyline as well. So we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> so the one of my um strangest games i ever attended was portland against the raptors mm -hmm. and one of the reasons it was so strange is because the two teams were warming up and then they sang the canadian national anthem okay and then the teams went back to warming up <laughs> i was like that is so weird and then they came <laughs> back and they did the the American national anthem. So oh. that part of it was weird. It was also the game where the Blazers only scored, I think, six points in a quarter. <gasps> it was the most miserable 12 minutes of basketball oh ever yes. uh, endured by a Blazer fan. And we've had some pretty miserable six minutes. Well, okay, maybe the 2000 <laughs> finals, Western Conference finals were worse. But it was right <laughs> up there. They, they scored six points in a quarter. Wow. And I believe – the only bucket they actually scored was like an Evan Turner bucket at the buzzer. Otherwise, the other four points were like, I believe they were free throws. So it was <laughs> it was like super horrible. Um, yeah. But one thing that I do remember was during that uh, national anthem, like all the people in the stands who were Canadian, like stood up and sang it really loud. And I thought that was so fun. Is that yeah. happened to be a Canadian thing or was that just uh, like – 
a one-off. That is definitely a Canadian thing. <laughs> we do sing our hearts out here in, in Toronto as well, especially during events and games and in the, the arena whenever Toronto Raptors are playing. Um, and especially if it's uh, out there, they, they want to make you all know that uh, Canadians are in the house. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, it's throughout, especially throughout the, the playoffs and the final series this past um, season, you know, we've got the whole all the fan bases that are from Canada get together. We're singing at the end of the game. So it was, it's definitely a Canadian thing. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was so cool. I was like, why can't we yeah. do that? That was that. I thought that was really neat. Well, we should probably uh, wrap it up here mm-hmm. uh, before we mm. go. Uh, do you want to uh, tell folks where they can find your work? Yeah, of course. So I actually have my site. So it has most of my work on there. It's my first and last name, melizahernandez.com, spelled M-E-L-I-Z-A-H-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z. And you can also find me on my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Meliza Hernandez, same spelling, same name. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's me. Do you have any things on your bucket list for next year that you hope you'll you'll get to or any games yeah. you want to cover? I... I do hope to cover the season fully, but uh, regardless, I do definitely want to be at All-Star Game again. I want to be at the finals. I want to be able to stay involved. And um, like we, so just quickly, like we mentioned, we met at Vegas Summer League and it was great to be out there as well and just get myself um, into the the community and experience it for, for myself. So, Yeah, Summer yeah. League <laughs> is a cool place for that because everybody's just kind of walking around. You know, yes. like reporters, <laughs> media members, basketball players, yeah, um, uh, yeah, influencers, and although the thing is, is you can't like recognize influencers unless you like, know, know them, them. <laughs> like from Insta- Instagram. Like they should have like a special like badge on, like yeah. <laughs> like by the way, this is me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. So maybe we'll meet up again in summer league like, next year. That would be great. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you uh, so much for joining me, telling me uh, about your journey and also just like massively ramping up the appreciation (laughs) for the people who make the AAU tournaments work. Because, I mean, there's so much attention focused on the athletes, deservedly so. Um, And then also just kind of like the whole system and how it feeds into the college system and like the college system is kind of a mess and, and all of that. Um, but if it wasn't for the people making these tournaments run, putting in the elbow grease to <laughs> make sure that, you know, the players had signed their, you know, permission slips, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like none of this would ever be possible. So it's true. That was, that was really cool. Well, again, thank you so much um, for joining me. And, thank you for having um, me. Yeah, I look forward to connecting with you again. Maybe we'll have to check in and see how the uh, Lakers and the Raptors are doing about halfway through the season. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jarrett. <laughs> All right, thanks. Yeah. Okay, so that'll do it for Women's Hoops and Talks. You can find me at TCB Biggs. You can find Cassidy Gemmett at Cassidy Gemmett. You can find the Hoops and Talks podcast at Hoops and Talks. You can email us. We love getting emails with suggestions for icebreakers, for cookie recipes, coffee suggestions, anything you want to send us, send it to us. Um, the address is hoopsandtalks at gmail.com. Remember, you can hear the Hoops and Talks podcast by subscribing to the blazers edge podcast feed you'll get the weekly blazers edge podcast and you will also get the weekly women's hoops and talks podcast mixed in there 
Um, we're still trying to put out at least one of each podcast every week during the off season. And so far, so good. But we haven't really hit the end of August yet. So we'll see how we're able to uh, continue to produce then. Anyway, thank you so much to everyone for joining us. Thanks to Melisa for joining me. It was great to talk to you. And we will catch everybody next time. Thanks. <laughs>